Welcome to the Transform Your Wealth and Health podcast, where experts in wealth, health, and fitness help transform your life. Here's your host, Andy Arder. He's a 10-year best-selling author with his book, Property Magic, one of the biggest property trainers in the UK with his renowned mastermind property courses and an ethical property investor too. I'm delighted to have Simon Zucci back on the show. Simon, how are we doing? Andy, I'm fantastic, thank you. How are you? I'm good, Simon. I'm good. Glad to have you back on. Great, thank you. Thanks for asking me back on the show. No problem at all. Simon, give us an idea of um, what you've been doing since we've last had you on the show. Well, I can't remember how long ago we last spoke, actually, uh, but I seem to be doing lots of stuff. So uh, pin meetings are going pretty well. Um, I'm particularly pleased with Crowd Property, my peer-to-peer lending platform. I've got a great guy, uh, Mike Bristow, running that as a CEO. So I'm not that involved in the day-to-day, but it's going really, really well growing. We're funding projects for development very, very quickly, which is great. Um, But I think I'm most proud about Mastermind and the results that people on Mastermind are achieving uh, keeps on going just higher and higher. You know, when you meet other people who've achieved amazing things Mm -hmm. in the group, it kind of raises the the belief and the expectation of everyone in the group what can be achieved. And that's why investing on your own can be really difficult because you don't know how to sense check what you're doing. But if you can get in with a group of like-minded people and learn with them and go through the journey, everyone's learning goes up exponentially and the results mm-hmm. are just getting better and better. So that's mm-hmm. uh, you know, very satisfying. I get real buzz when I know that people have literally had their lives changed and I've been a little bit of a catalyst in their journey. Yeah, of course. Yeah, I mean, your journey is an incredible one too. Do you want to give us a little bit of background into your journey for those that don't really know, you know what, yeah, you, so, um, what you did originally? Uh, I started investing in property back in 1995. Um, I bought a house when I started work as a graduate trainee at Cadbury's in Birmingham. So I've been at Birmingham University, came out, didn't have a job for a year. Um, I, I did kind of telesales being brought up, but I didn't have a proper job really. Mm-hmm. I finally got into the graduate scheme and as soon as I did, I bought a house. And I bought a house a bit bigger than I needed. I bought the most expensive I could, which was £48,500 at the time. It was a lot of money at the time. And um, I rented out two of the rooms to my friends who were still studying university. And the rent they paid me pretty much covered the mortgage and the bills. So I kind of lived for free. So I was saving a lot of my salary. And also had a part-time business running student nightclub events in Birmingham. And it's money building up in my business bank account. So I thought I'd buy a second property. So 1998, I moved into my second property. I kept the first one, and ever since then, I've rented it out to students. And I had a, a light bulb moment at that point, Andy. I realized that I, I didn't have to do any more work for that property, really, and yet I was getting paid every single month. Mm-hmm. And um, that inspired me, and I went and bought a few more, and by the year 2001, I actually left my job at Cadbury's. I hadn't completely replaced my income, but I had enough for me to believe it was possible. I had enough to live on took me two more years, but then by 2003, I'd replaced my income. And I'd done quite well, but I'd also made loads of mistakes. And I thought, wouldn't it be smart if I could learn from other people hmm. rather than making more mistakes myself? So I went online to see if I could find some sort of network or group of investors. But at that time, in 2003, there was nothing. Now, it's hard to believe now because there were literally hundreds of meetings all over the country, hmm. but then there was nothing. So I thought, well, okay, I'm going to start a group. So I started the very first networking meeting in the UK back in 2003. Um, Now there are 50 pin meetings. It's the biggest and longest running network for property investors. Uh, There are lots of other people as well and lots of great meetings. 
Um, but that's kind of nice to have kind of kicked that off in the UK, really. Mm, oh, brilliant. I mean, my wife was the very first person in this house, and there's more than one person now that's read it, to read your book, Property Magic. And she said to me, I'm reading this great book, Property Magic. And I said, who's it by? This guy called Simon Zucci. So, yeah. <laughs> so when you finished it, I said, I'll read it afterwards. So she said, when she finished it, she said, it's a great book, you know. Really? I said, yeah, okay. Yeah, well, let me have a look. And I've just got a couple of pages to go. And I want to go back over a couple of things and stuff like that. So <laughs> I had to prize it away from her. But uh, eventually I got, I got the book and it's been a bestseller now for over 10 years, hasn't it? It has, yeah. So I bought it out in 2008. Yeah. Uh, and I actually wrote it at the end of 2007. Uh, came out 2008, and the market was just tipping and starting to come down. And you know what? I, I'd, say I'd made some mistakes, but by then I'd started to train people. I started to train other people in 2003. So I had like four years of training other people. And I realized that some of the mistakes I had made were very common mistakes that most mm. people kind of make. So I came up with the five golden rules, which were simple rules that I thought if you follow them will minimize the risk. They're always risk investing, right? But also maximize the return. And because the market keeps on changing, we keep on updating the book. Um, as we're speaking now, it's currently in its sixth edition. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've now also got an audio version of Property Magic available on Audible. Um, and, you know, it, it's interesting that over that time, I think we've sold something like 100,000 copies. Uh, and it's always remained you know, in the top six on Amazon uh, in, in real estate, really. So if someone hasn't read it, definitely go and check it out. Make sure you get the latest sixth edition. Um, although it's interesting, whenever I bring the book out, something changes. So the first book <laughs> I brought out, and it was all about, and it still is, this is quite, it still is about um, finding motivated sellers and finding an ethical win-win solution for them. And, and because they're motivated, they'll sell your house for less than it's worth, or they'll be flexible on the terms. Um, and they're happy to do that because they want speed and certainty. And I spent a whole chapter talking about a particular way that we could, once you found these deals, you could finance them using none of your own money. And it was using Mortgage Express at the time, same day being mortgage. And the book came out in the February. And by May, they'd stopped that particular product because of the credit crunch and everything. Mm. So although the rest of it was out, that particular chapter was, was, um, was obsolete. And I thought, oh, no, it's taken me years to get around to writing a book, and now I have to rewrite it. <laughs> and then the last time I did it, so chap, uh, the fifth edition, I bought out in um, uh, July 2015. And you might remember in July 2015, about two weeks after I bought the book out, they announced the changes they were making to Section 24 and the, the impact, which completely changes the way now we invest in property. Mm-hmm. And so I thought, oh, God, I'm going to have to write another one. So I was reluctant to bring out a sixth edition, uh, which came out in, when was it? it I think it was July uh, 2000. Uh, so no, uh, early last year came out, early 2018. And so I kind of, um, I kind of was reluctant to bring out another because I thought, what's going to change now? But, you know, who knows with Brexit and potential elections I'm, I'm waiting till like everyone else is waiting till brexit i'm waiting yeah. to see what happens after that i was i was going to bring this up obviously since since we've done our interview brexit sort of come to a i would say i've come to a head but it hasn't really has it it's kind of dragged on a little bit but um yeah. it's, it's getting more towards coming to a head uh, how do you think that's affected people that are investing so well as we know 
Brexit has caused massive uncertainty because no one really knows what's going to happen. Uh, everyone's got their thoughts and guesses. Um, but, you know, uh, what I want to think about here, and I think it's really important that we need to remember as investors when it comes to, to Brexit or anything, and Brexit is unusual, you know, never, we're never going to get something like Brexit again, probably. Uh, we're never going to get something like the global crash again. But these things come up every yeah. so often. Right? Cyclic, we have to, aren't they? Yeah. Investors, we have to adapt and deal with them. So my view are that, that if you're investing in the UK, the UK is an island, a very small island, a very popular island, and we have a limited amount of accommodation, and we have an increasing population. So generally, there is a housing shortage. Now, they are building houses every year, but they're not building enough, apparently. And so even if they pull up the drawbridge and flood the Euro tunnel, <laughs> and no one else ever comes into the UK again, the UK population will still grow over time because of increasing birth rates and longer life expectancy. So population's going up. So add that to a limited supply of accommodation, it suggests that over the long term, we should see property prices rise. However, we know there are short-term fluctuations. The property market since 2008 when it crashed has pretty much boomed. And if you bought, if you know what you were doing in 2008, 2009, mm. bought wisely, you might have properties that have doubled in value yeah. in that time frame. Yeah, yeah. We, we, was, uh, we was affected by the crash in 1992 when the negative equity was everywhere. And yeah. um, a dozen years later, I just wished I'd have bought as many properties as I could lay my hands on because it had just recovered. And, you know, property yeah. that I bought, a three-bedroom house that I bought in London at 68000 A dozen years later, it had gone up to 216000 And you just yeah. couldn't, you couldn't make that up. You know, the, the no. money, the, the money had not, it nearly trebled, you know, over-trebled. So, you know, yeah. it's incredible. And this is what people need to understand, Addy. And, and I'm sure you would agree with me. At that time, when it was worth 68000 you probably thought, wow, that's a lot of money. Prices are high, you know, etc. And we need to understand that at any time, prices might feel high. And they might be a little bit high. They're a little bit high now. They were certainly high in 2007. When they're high, the market naturally corrects. But here's the thing. If you're holding long term, it's one of the, the golden rules I talk about in Property Magic. If you're holding long term, golden rule number four is that's what you should do. It, you know, as long as you can afford to hold it, the prices will always correct because of this fundamental about supply and demand. And mm. unless something drastic happens to the population of the UK, that will always continue to be the case. Yeah. So my view is, while there's massive uncertainty right now, and I meet so many investors who say, I'm going to wait to see what happens. Let's see what happens after Brexit. The reality is, there are less people buying now because of that uncertainty. But there's still just as many people who need to sell. And, you know, we're seeing a lot of landlords, for example, who, because of Section 24, are thinking, well, you know what, I might retire a bit early, might sell off some of these properties, um, go and sit on a pile of beach, on a, a pile of money on a beach somewhere, right? And if the market's not moving, it's slower, actually, that means there's a massive opportunity. For those of us who know what we're doing, we do our research, and we're planning to hold for a long time, it's got to make cash flow, and we can rent it out easily. If that's the case, why on earth wouldn't you buy now? And I think... That, you know, we're just doing this recording. I don't want to date this recording, but coming into October 2019, this month, for those who switched on, could be an opportunity to get some real bargains because I think some people fear 
that there might be a massive crash in the market. Now, I don't think there's going to be a massive crash. I think we might see prices come down a little bit, but they've already slowed and London's dipped a little bit already. Mm. So I think they'll slow a bit. But there might be some people who think, well, maybe we're going to have a similar crash we had in 2008, and they might be prepared to sell at a discount now because they think prices might come down further. Now, the reality here is people say, well, okay, Simon, if prices come down, and no one knows if they will or not, if they come down, why don't we wait until they hit the bottom, and then we could buy? The problem is, if you do that, we don't know when the bottom's going to be. And when it does hit the bottom, and, and everyone, including the press, thinks, right, pro pro property prices hit the bottom now, they're on their way up again, mm -hmm. then buyers hold on to property, because, sorry, sellers hold on because they're more optimistic that a buyer will come along and pay full price or even more. So actually, when the market's coming down, that's the time when you can get the best deals. And as long as you're holding, as long as you accept, hey, it might be worth less than six months than it is now, doesn't matter if you're holding for the long term. Does that kind of make sense? Yeah, certainly. Yeah, I mean, this is the where we know I've made gains myself over a longer period of time because um, the, the properties that I've lived in, of course, in London, you know, a cardboard box on a corner has been going up over the last last 20 yeah. years it didn't matter where you had it but of course the last few years it's been tougher and like you say yeah. there's market corrections and yeah. it has to be put against incomes as well so if incomes are going up and also people's optimistic views of the market are going up too then of yes. course the prices tend to go up but whilst they're coming down it's a supply and demand thing as well so you can't you can't yeah. have it always you know exactly uh, I think if, if you're an investor that's educated, you can make some investment in whatever market and still do well. Absolutely. Yeah, there's, there's strategies. I mean, anybody can make money when the market's going up, but not everyone can make it when it's going down. You've really got to know what you're doing. Mm -hmm. Of course. So what would be a hot, investment topic at the moment because i hear lots of things about serviced accommodation and a couple of my pals that have been doing this recently have started to say it's not quite as good as it was but what was what would be hot yeah well like anything what happens andy is you know there are people doing strategies all the time that the general public don't know about mm -hmm. and then there's a kind of a subset of the general public who are landlords and there's a subset of that that people who are educating themselves and keeping up to date what's happening. Mm -hmm. So service accommodation is something that's happened for, for many, many, many years, but actually the, the general investors weren't aware of it. And only in the last three, four, maybe five years has the word service accommodation become more mm -hmm. popular. Mm -hmm. People understand what it is. And obviously with the growth of websites like Airbnb, mm -hmm. there's been a, an easier way to actually get potential tenants to come and stay in that type of property. So I think it can be a great strategy as part of a balanced portfolio. And the reason I say that is because I see some people who are just doing service accommodation and there are some challenges with service accommodation. One is, as you say, more and more people are doing it now. So there's quite a lot of competition, but actually it's the fundamental strategy. And there are some challenges with it. First of all, there are not many lenders who are actually geared up to lend on property user service accommodation. Yeah. So a lot of people who are, who are doing service accommodation, whether it's their own property or someone else's they're using on a rent-to-rent -rent or purchase-to-use option, maybe the mortgage is not actually appropriate for service accommodation. That's the first problem. The second problem is the, is the leases. If it's a leasehold property, a, a flat or something, some leases, particularly newer properties, might actually prohibit 
short-term accommodation such as service accommodation and so that's another challenge and then the final one is planning planning is very sketchy on well should it be c1 classification which is technically a hotel should it be c3 residential or some people use hmos and rent out room by room should it be c4 so there's a lot of confusion there and i think it's a bit like the wild west at the moment mm. you know then also there are some parts of london like westminster the 90-day rule you can't do it for more than 90 days so mm. what this means is there's lots of confusion there are people making money lots of people who are probably not, be, not doing things that are illegal, but they might be breaking mortgage terms and conditions, they might be breaking leasings, and there are consequences of those things. My biggest concern about service accommodation is that there are lots of people doing it, and their only income is service accommodation, and if something changes, if some legislation is brought in, and, and that's a risk because there is no legislation really, but councils and government are talking about it, mm. if something comes in, it might wipe out a load of people are actually doing it. And so that's why, although I think it's great, I think it should be part of a balanced portfolio with other strategies, just in case something happens. You know, my, one of my favorite strategies, which uh, let's talk a little bit about this, is HMOs. Right. Um, now, I will be the first to admit, in many areas of the country, there is an oversupply of HMOs. And what people incorrectly think is they think, oh, there's no demand for HMOs anymore. Well, let's look at that. First of all, HMOs are a very affordable type of accommodation. If you live in a studio or an apartment on your own, you've got to pay the rent plus all the bills, which would be at least two, three hundred pounds, depending where you live. If you live in an HMO where you've got a room within a house, you have your own room that you might share kitchen, living room, you might have your own private ensuite, or you might share some of those with a couple of other people, Generally, you pay one amount for the rent, which includes all the bills, and it's far more cost-effective than living in a studio. So for those people who quite like living with other people, I did when I left university, I, I wanted to, I didn't want to live on my own, um, and obviously students live with people as well. For those kind of people, they like living with other people. Imagine you go to a new city for a job, you're a young graduate or something, you don't know anyone. Well, going to an HMO is a great way to meet yeah. instant social life, people can go to the pub with, whatever, um, as well as being more cost-effective. So I think there will always be a demand for HMOs. As I said, in some areas, there is an oversupply, but if you go on Spare Room, spareroom.co.uk, which is the main site for advertising rooms, you will see the vast majority of stock that is available is very average stock. You know, they've got magnolia walls, all the furniture looks the same. But what we teach our students, if you have an element of design, if you use feature walls, make sure it's a very functional room. You've got, you know, plug sockets with USB ports in them. You know, making it really good for the person to live there. If you have a property that's better than the average, but priced similar to the average stock, you should always fill it. So it's the ones that the average ones where people are struggling, I think. Um, and some landlords will just drop the price. You don't want to be competing on price because the cheaper you get, you might attract not such good tenants who might not look after it so well. I would rather go up, upscale it, uh, upscale it and go for a higher, higher rent, better quality of tenants, make more money. You've got to invest a bit more in the property. So done in the correct way, I think HMOs are, are still very, very valid. And if we do get into an economic um, crisis, uh, a downturn because of Brexit, and I I'm not saying it will, who knows, and people have to tighten the belts, rather than living in a flat, they might decide to live in, in shared accommodation instead. So I think HMOs is still a very valid strategy, but you've got to do it right, like anything really.
Mm-hmm. Um, the other thing, Andy, is I'm a big fan of purchase lease options. Ah, now I was going to ask you um, other, obviously, investment um, ways of investing. Uh, purchase lease options is one that has a particular environment that it needs to be used in. Let's say, would it be would it be fair to say, well, or can you use it all year round? Here's the thing, Andy. That there, there are a lot of people think you might be hinting at this. A lot of people think. You can only do an option on a property that's in negative equity. Yeah. Yeah. So I think that's what mm-hmm. you're hinting at. Now, yeah, kind of. Yeah. Yeah. You can absolutely do a purchase option. So let's say a property's worth 200000 That's about the average in the UK at the moment. But let's say the mortgage is 220000 right? And someone wants to sell that property, but they've got to pay off their mortgage. And the mortgage is more than the value of the property. They don't have, even if they could sell at the full price, 200000 they don't have the 20000 they need to pay off the mortgage. They are mm. stuck. It might be their own home. It might be a rental property, whatever it is. And I know you were saying, you know, early 90s, you were in yeah. negative equity in yeah. London. Yeah. Did you know there are still some properties in negative equity right now in London? Because in 2007, you could get, at the peak of the market, you could actually get a, a 100 and 25% mortgage right. on your own home. You might remember that. Yeah. So if you had a good income, you might buy a £200,000 house and the mortgage company would give you £250,000 mortgage. Now, if you bought that right at the peak and then prices came down, even though most places are now higher than they were at the peak, it might be you've still not quite recovered. So even in London, there are some places and all over the country that are negative equity. Okay. okay? So, so why do you love the purchase lease options particularly? Okay, well, well, actually, I'm just, I'm just going to come to that. But all I want to say is, so if it is a negative equity, what it means is you enter an agreement. We say, as long as you believe long-term prices are going to go up, you say to someone, okay, we'll come in, we'll take all the responsibility of paying a mortgage. It stays in their name. They still own it, but we'll pay the mortgage for you. Maybe give them a little bit of profit as well. We'll take it on. We'll rent it out. And we might give you the full 220 or even 230, but it may be five years' time. So we believe the market's going to go up, recover, they get out of negative equity. We can then buy it, give them the full amount they need to clear their mortgage, and they can walk away from the liability in the meantime. So it works with negative equity. Mm-hmm. However, it also works if someone has got no mortgage at all. It's a 200000 pound property, there's no mortgage at all. And if that person was going to sell the property, they might put that 200000 in the bank, and we know right now that would earn them pretty much nothing. So we can say, well, I'll tell you what, I'll give you the full price. And by the way, if you're buying right now, most people won't get the full price. So I say, I'll give you the full 200 if you sell it to me in maybe five years. And if you didn't need the money, you're going to put it into the bank. I'll give you, in the meantime, a rent higher than you would get in the bank. Let's say you might earn, I don't know, 200,000. You might, if you're lucky, you might earn, I don't know, 2,000 pounds a year if you earn 1%, okay? Well, what if we gave you, £6,000 in a year, which would be £500 a month. That's three times as much money as you're getting if you sold it now and put the money in the mm-hmm. bank. So if we did that for five years, you're getting an extra four grand a year. So that's, five, that's an extra £20,000. So really, instead of getting two hundred, you're effectively getting £220,000 from this property. So it works really well for someone who wants to get more money. But here's the key. They don't need the money now. Yeah. Yeah, now, that, that's not relevant. The majority of people selling the house, Andy, they're selling the house or an investment because they want to access the equity. But if there is no equity, like a negative equity, or 
They don't need the money. They're just going to put it in the bank. Or even if there's some sort of mortgage on there, but they don't need to get the equity that's in there out. Mm-hmm. A purchase use option can work very, very well for the owner. But here's why I love it for the investor, Andy, because you can go in, you can find someone who's prepared to do this. You could take control of their property. You give them a guaranteed rent. You could rent it out, service accommodation or HMO for more income. And you get the difference between what you rent it out for and what you give to the landlord. That's your profit, which you can get without ownership. So without a mortgage, without a big deposit, it, it's a great strategy to bring great cash flow in. And then you've got the potential equity growth as well. You can buy it in the future for today's price. Mm-hmm. So in the right circumstances, it can be an amazing win-win. The problem is, Andy, a lot of people learn about this strategy. They try and do a purchase option everywhere. And to be honest, in the vast majority of cases, it's not appropriate. You need to find people where it's an appropriate strategy, where it works for them, and it's an ethical win-win for everybody. Yeah, yeah. It's a definite win-win in certain situations. Exactly what you were saying, yeah. But only in certain circumstances. In those circumstances, great. Otherwise, it doesn't work, right? Mm, that's right so we were just saying about your book earlier um i understand you've got a new book coming out i have yes it, it's i've been threatening to bring this out for about the last three <laughs> years and actually it's all about purchase lease options wow and, 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 and funnily enough and the funnily enough is, i mean i've been doing options since about 2007 yeah um so they work in every in every kind of market condition but right now, because there are so many landlords looking to maybe bring forward that retirement decision because of Section 24, there are certain things you can do. People go to LLP, then into companies. But some people say, I don't want to do that. I was going to retire in eight years anyway. I might as well retire in the next few years. We can use purchases options to help landlords to get rid of their properties. And the benefit for a landlord, if you've got property that's gone up in value, and you sell it all, you're going to pay capital gains tax. Yeah. Whereas if you phase the sales of the properties over a number of years, Andy, mm-hmm. there's, a, there's a higher tax allowance you can use each year. So actually you're going to pay less tax. And if you then take on the responsibility, so the landlord can go and sit on a beach, know they've got sales agreed for the next number of years in a very tax efficient way, again, it can be a real great solution. So right now, probably for the next year, in 2020, it's going to be a great year to be helping landlords in this situation. So the new book's coming out. It's all about purchase options. And part of the reason is because, as I said earlier, a lot of people think they know about options, but they, they haven't educated themselves properly or they've not had any education about it. And let me put it this way. Anyone who thinks they know about options, if they've not actually done an option, I would suggest they don't really know about it because if they did know about it, they would have certainly done an option by now. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, sure does. Yeah, uh, there's nothing like uh, actually doing things to uh, be an expert, isn't there? As well, you know, you. Uh, you uh, we we teach people stuff, and we say, look, and we have people who are like on our mastermind. We have people who've been investing 10, 15 years, and they sometimes come on mastermind, and you know, we'll teach them different things. They might be really successful mm. before. We we'll teach them different stuff, and sometimes they can double up in a year yeah. what took them 15 years previously. Yeah. And then we have people who are completely new. They don't want to take 10 years to build a portfolio, and they just do it in, in a year. Um, I can't remember why I was telling you that. Um, <laughs> it's slipped your mind. <laughs> it slipped my mind. Anyway, but I, I, why was I saying that? Um, it will come to you it's gone but it will come to you um yeah it will come to me it will come to you so tell us a little bit about 
Property Magic Live, Simon. Property Magic Live. So, yes. Yeah, so, um, when I wrote uh, Property Magic back in 2007, it released in 2008, it became a bestseller really, really quickly. And, you know, uh, there are lots of people who write books now. And I'd say if anyone wants to get themselves on any, any business professional to raise your profile, writing a book is a good thing to do. Mm-hmm. And it was one of the first kind of property books, if you like. Um, there are lots of books now, but it was one of the first ones. And certainly it was the first one to explain how you use Mortgage Express to, to do same-day remortgages. And because a lot of people got to know it, people said, are you, are you going to do an event? And I, I was doing, I'd started Mastermind by then. Uh, we didn't really do big events as such. And I thought, well, that's a good idea. And so we just put on an event called Property Magic. Uh, we got uh, Dolph DeRoos, uh, who is a very successful investor from the States. Uh, I'm sure you've heard of Rich Dad, Poor Dad, Robert Kiyosaki. Yeah, well, yeah. Dolph DeRoos was the original person who wrote this book called Real Estate Riches, and it was the property book in the Rich Dad series. Mm-hmm. So uh, Dolph wrote this, and um, he... Uh, I was a big fan of his. So we got him to come over for Property Magic and he liked it so much. He actually then wrote the forward for the second edition of Property Magic. And uh, it was an amazing event. And, and we did it as a one-off. And we did it a few years later. We did it every three or four years. And then for the last about three years, we've done it every year. And it's growing in size. So this year, uh, 2019, Property Magic Live is going to have 400 people there. Mm-hmm. Um, it's very different from other events because many property events, a lot of people now who will run free or low-cost events, which mm. is great. But obviously, you know, these hotels cost a lot of money to hire, got the staging, the sound. So at a free event or a low-cost event, people are going to spend a long time trying to sell to you because they want to make some money, which is yeah. fair enough. You know, people want to run business, mm-hmm. um, which means they have less time for content. Because everyone has paid to come to Property Magic Live, mm-hmm. uh, we just give massive content. I spent about mm. 20 minutes talking about my mastermind program for those people that might be appropriate. So we do, mm. we do a little... Um, uh, tell people about the opportunity to come and join us obviously but it's full three days of full content we get some of our most successful masterminders our recent masterminders come and share their story and what they've done and none of them are selling anything they're just sharing they're giving back to the community they're saying exactly what they've done and how they've done it to inspire people in the room how much they can achieave yeah. Um, and it's a, an event, it's a, a massive boost to your confidence, your morale, and it really fires people up to get out there and, and start applying what they know. And we, we have an update, and one of the things we're doing this year, so one of my business crowd property, we've just conducted, we're still conducting, was probably going to be the biggest ever survey of SME property developers yeah. about the market and what's going on, and, and we're going to be sharing the results of that survey but the real trends, not just theoretical stuff, the actual trends happening in the market right now, not just market data, but the real insights to what are developers doing, what do they see as the opportunity. So that's the kind of cutting-edge stuff, the latest strategy share at Property Magic Live. No one else has that kind of content, you know. Um, I mean, a lot of people from my mastermind come along. People have done some of our, we've got various home study courses on HMOs and purchases options and deal sourcing. They all come to events as well. And it's a great way for everyone to connect. When, and we have a lot of, uh, people come from overseas who fly in mm-hmm. for the event. Uh, we have people come from as far as Singapore, yeah. come just to the event. The cash investors come to connect with people in the country who can source deals and things. So it's just mm-hmm. an incredible three-day event. We do it every mm-hmm. year. We're, we're pretty much sold out now for this okay. year. Mm-hmm. Um, but it happens in the autumn uh, every year. So look at Property Magic Live. Um, it's a great event. Maybe Andy should come along. Maybe I should, Simon. Whereabouts will it be? 
So it's at the Vox Conference Center, which is a big conference center uh, near the NEC in Birmingham, so Birmingham, south of yeah. Birmingham, mm -hmm. just next to Birmingham International Airport. So people want to fly in uh, and next to Birmingham National Train Station, people getting trains from all over the country. Yeah. And also there's a great road network as well. Yeah, it's accessible from London, isn't it? King's Cross, I think, goes there's straight a, up to there. Yeah. Houston. Houston, Houston train, is it? Yeah. An hour or 15 minutes from Houston up right. to Birmingham International on the Fast Virgin train. Right. So very okay. easy to get to. Um, and it's uh, tickets are a thousand to two thousand uh, pounds, depending on what level you go for. Mm -hmm. um, but as I said, and you know, again, it's a paid event. So what that does is a couple of things: you get more serious people in the room, mm -hmm. you know, because people are paying to be it. You get a higher quality of attendee, more serious, dedicated person. Yeah. Um, and uh, un unlike most other training companies, we actually offer a money back guarantee. So the way that works, someone could come along. And up to a day and a half, and if they don't think it's the best money they've ever spent on training, mm. if they're not getting massive value for money, they can simply give us the course materials back, give everyone a workbook, and they can have a full money-back guarantee. So we take the risk away to make sure we're not just selling to people, we're giving massive value, uh, we're really helping expand people's mindsets and thinking, um, and really helping them to understand that you know there are lots of different ways, more creative ways of investing, yeah. ways of doing with other people's money, creative strategies where you know that most people just don't know about. It's a way to get a real competitive advantage. Mm -hmm. The um, the magazine that you write in YPN magazine uh, that always has some very interesting articles, and that's always very creative. Where some of the guys have made money, and you think, wow, you know what what you know these sort of opportunities are staring you in the face, and you're just driving past them every day. Absolutely, absolutely. So I, I did a video um, uh, last week we released on Sunday about um, how to find. Uh, property owners i mean all of us i'm sure have seen empty derelict properties close mm. to where we live close to where we work and most people might think oh i wonder who owns that you could do something like that most people don't do anything about it right and then six months later they're scaffolding and boarding up and someone's yeah. bought it and someone's developing it and you think yeah. oh i could have done that so i did a video about how to track down owners and it's just you can look it up on youtube it's finding property owners something like that and it's just, we put a lot of free information out there. And as you say, there are, there are opportunities everywhere. If you just open your eyes, mm. there's opportunity everywhere. Most people, that they don't focus. They don't know what they're looking for. And so they miss this opportunity. Yeah. Do you find that the people on the masterminds do well, particularly because they're competitive against the other people on the masterminds? Um, I think for some people that's certainly true. So we have mm -hmm. a little competition that we run mm -hmm. uh, for five people in each. So you get 50 to 60 people and they all go through the program and they'll get to know each other very, very well and bond connect and they form a real community to help support each other. And um, over that time, um, that some people are quite competitive, but we say, right, we pick five of the top performers. There's normally between eight to 12 people who could get on stage. We pick five of them <clears throat> and they must have hit the target of earned at least 50,000 pounds of mm. residual income coming through uh, from their property. And sometimes that income may not actually be materializing yet, but properties they bought yeah. in that 12 month period, once they finished the, the work and development on them and they're rented, they will be creating 50,000 pounds mm. of profit, not income, profit mm. after the mortgages, after bills, maintenance, everything, profit. We pick five of those people on stage and we film them all. We did a live webcast, which is great to show, you know, get people to say, don't just listen to me, listen to my clients, what the results are. Um, and, you know, life-changing results. We often release, and someone could go onto YouTube, just type in 
property mastermind program and you'll see hundreds and hundreds of those case study videos from people who've achieved that and so for some people getting on the stage is is a big thing for them that certainly spurs mm. some people on but we've mm. had people who've done really well and you know what they want to just we keep under the radar they don't want to go and tell everyone what they've done they're yeah. just very happy with what they've done mm. and we get some people who you know they, they only just bought one property in that 12 month time but it's probably one more than they would have bought if they tried to do it on their own yeah. you know so it's 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 relative then depending on the people and really i, I just yeah. i know I, I just get the feeling that uh, a lot of these people are, are pushed on and spurred on because they're competing against others and you know what competitive nature most people have got and uh, i think it really yeah, helps it works for some people definitely yeah. but yeah, i think sure. also uh, the, the power of mastermind is because you've got a group of, say 50 60 people you get to know those people and people really open up and great trusting relationship but when you see someone else you see bob who maybe actually Bob hasn't got much money or hasn't been investing in property and Bob's found a great deal. You think, well, hang on, Bob's doing it, I can do it. So you really get spurred on by the success of other people in the group. And look, we all know property is a real roller coaster. Sometimes you're up, sometimes you're down. And actually, you know, when things go wrong, if you're trying to invest on your own, that's when most people give up. So oh, this is too hard. But actually, you've got a group of people around you to support you and say, come on, you could do it, and, and trying to help you get through the problems. Mm. It's that encouragement, that support that drives people forward to keep going and not give up and thus get great results. Mm -hmm. Okay, Simon, well, we're getting towards the end of the show now, and I wondered how is the best way for people to get hold of you if they'd like to attend any of your events or get your books okay. or, or anything? Well, a couple of things they can do. First of all, my, my Facebook my personal Facebook page is kind of full, but I do have a Facebook page called uh, Property Investing with Simon Zucci. So you can obviously go and like that. I put lots of videos on there. I have a YouTube channel. Just search for Simon Zucci, um, and you can subscribe to that. I put lots of videos up there, lots of free content. That's a great way to track me down. And just in case people don't know, my surname is spelled Zucci, Z-U-T-S-H-I. A lot of people think it's C. It's Z-U-T-S-H-I. Um, you can obviously connect me on LinkedIn. Uh, it's an easy way to connect. I'm still accepting people on that. I also do regular videos on, I'm only starting to get to use Instagram, but I'm doing regular videos on that. So go and look up Simon Zucci on Instagram and follow me and that's a free content on there as well. Um, if someone's interested in actually doing some training, obviously you can message me through those various channels. Uh, you can call my Birmingham office, which is, uh, I'll give you the number, it's 0121. Two two three two two two. Oh no! Let, let me get it started again. Sorry, bigger one. Oh one two one two two eight, and then two 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 three triple two three. Okay. Um, call the team during office hours, and they can tell you about the various things we do. Um, two other things. Uh, really, if people haven't been there, should go to a pin meeting. Hmm. Like Property Investor Network. Yeah. You go to pinmeeting.co.uk. Fifty meetings around the country. If you've never been. If you use my surname as a voucher code, you can come to your first meeting for free. So that's our guests uh, and my gift to you. Come along, try that. It's only 20 pounds, which is not a lot anyway, but come along at no risk and see what you think. And if you like it, great, you'll come back. If you don't like it, hey, it hasn't cost you anything. So you can go to pinmeeting.co.uk. You can have a, a look for your local meeting. There are 50 around the country. There's bound to be one close to where you live. Hmm. Click on that. Say where it is, what the data is, who's speaking. Scroll down to the bottom of the page where you normally pay £20. It says pay with a voucher code. Click on that. Put your details in. Use my surname and it will bypass the payment page. And finally, if you've not read Property Magic yet, 
as time of recording this, we're in the sixth edition. Go and get a copy. You can get it on Amazon. Make sure you get the sixth edition, the latest one. Um, you can get a Kindle version, or even it's now on audio. So you can go to Audible and listen to it. I prefer to listen to books. So we've made that available for people as well. Simon, thanks very much for being on the show. Thank you very much for asking me, Andy. Always a pleasure. Best of luck and speak to you soon. Thank you. I hope this podcast gives you inspiration. And if you want to contact me, I'm Andy Arter, and it's transformyourwealthandhealth at gmail.com. 